It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Cardiff game in association with Marty Rabbits. My name's Alan Deegan and I'm in Marty Rabbits, the home of the Connick clan with William Davis and Lindy McKenzie. You've just come from the, the press conference. Who are you talking to? We were talking to Nigel Carolyn, who has signed on to do some more coaching with Connacht along with the rest of the coaching team and Dave Heffernan who's also signed on for a new contract so let's hear what they had to say Nigel you've re-signed you've decided to stay so how good a decision or how easy a decision was that and how comfortable do you feel with it yeah, it's a no-brainer for me really um, I said I was fortunate to get the opportunity to join our professional team um, two years ago and uh, it was an easy decision then, albeit I had to give up, say, what I, a role that I loved in the academy and um, and that I felt that we were doing quite well in, starting to produce players uh, for the professional team, and those players were getting international recognition. But I think for me, just to challenge myself, and um, uh, you know, when when it's been a when you're a part of the furniture in in Connacht rugby for so long, and you feel you can you can offer something at a different level I think uh, I jumped at that opportunity and I said uh, and I feel it's the job's not done there yet that you've you know we're still um, we've taken it so far and and I feel it's we can take it a lot further Uh, I said I'm delighted to get the opportunity to you know to, to do that over the next two years there's a real feeling that it's more of a collaborative effort now or certainly more publicly it's collaborative and uh it seems to be everybody's pulling in the one direction. Yeah, I think firstly, you know, from a coaching perspective, um, you know, I think all of our coaches were, were interdependent upon each other and the work that, that Pete does with the defence, you, know, you know, while he's effective, it allows us to attack more. And similarly, while we attack more, if we're effective with that, it means he has to defend less. So, I mean, and Jimmy's in the middle there where, you know, he's got a, a group of forwards who are who are equally effective at either attack and defence. So, you know, and, and Friendly's role in the whole lot is just pulling it all together. So it's we're very we're very dependent upon each other. And, um, you know, I said from a coaching perspective, it is very collaborative. But every, even how we play, you know, and, and players are involved. Uh, from the outset, and um, their input is is there in terms of of how we go about things, how we how we review it, uh, how we tweak things, and um, you know, so it, it's a very collaborative port and, um, process. But its clarity is as at the outset, we need to know which way are we going, what's the direction we're going in, and we, we're we're just all pulling in the same direction. And you know, thankfully, it's working for us. News also that Dave Heffern and Neadia Logan have re-signed, which is, is, is good. That's part of the process, isn't it, to, to keep players here so that the, the structure continues? Absolutely, and we're delighted that, that both have re-signed, you know, in addition to the, to the signings of recent weeks with, um, and, uh, with Jack and, and, and Quinn and, and Alton having also committed their, their futures to Connacht. But so it's, it just rubber stamps that players are happy here, They're, they enjoy coming into work on a Monday, they, you know, whether we win or lose, uh, they feel valued, they're, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they feel that they're, they're making progress here. And I think that, you know, with six guys at the moment away with the, the national team, I think it's, it shows that what we're doing here is allowing players to perform and, and get recognition at the, at the next level. So, um, you know, I think it can only be a, a good place to be at the moment. Now, the six players are away, so 
other players are going to have to step up. They've been doing that all season, but this game on Saturday evening in Cardiff is very, very important. It's, it's a, they're a key opponent in our own uh, conference, and uh, it's an eight-point game, really. If you can win this, create a little gap. Yeah, this whole block has been um, it's been extremely challenging. Our first two games were away to to South Africa, and, and uh, you know we came away there at nine points. We'd probably been on home and away before our interpros, and you know I thought we made a good show of ourselves during the interpros. We should have, you know, we, we beat Ulster here. We should have, could have, we beaten Leinster, and uh, we had a tough game against Munster before the the last two Challenge Cup games. So every game has been extremely physical, and. You know, we haven't had the same team go out in um, in any of those two games, in any of those games that were back to back. So, you know, if the fact that we'll have to make changes again this week is is not really an issue for us. I think um, it gives an opportunity to the to, to the guys who are who are here and who are eager to to put their hand ups um, as well. But you know, Cardiff are going to be in the same boat. They're missing a number of international players as well. Every game that we've had over there is extremely tough. I think the the last number of outings have been one-score games. So, look, we expect it's going to be a tough battle, but we're focused on the task. I think it's... Um, we haven't focused on the guys we're missing. We're, we're delighted that we have got guys um, away with the Irish team at the moment. And uh, I said it just gives opportunity to others to, to show what they can do. And I said we're we're determined to win this one and uh, we're, we're extremely confident that we're going over there with a team that can win. Any more injuries from, from the weekend that might preclude selection? No, we've, um, if anything, we've got a few more guys coming back over the next couple of weeks. Um, but everyone that has been fit is, is available. And, you know, over the next couple of weeks, the likes of Karen Marmion and Peter Robb, Sean O'Brien, Robin Copeland all start to, you know, reintegrate into the squad and uh, are, are fit and healthy for the start of the next block. Connor will have to be more accurate maybe than they've been in the last two games if they're going to get this one this one done on Saturday. Has that been something you've been looking at? Yeah, I think it's the one area of our game that we've we've kind of honed in on. We we, we pride ourselves in uh, in sort of three big rocks and you know, physicality, tempo and accuracy and I think we've certainly matched um some big weight teams over the last few weeks in terms of the physicality. Um, we play a brand of rugby, which is, you know, very much an attacking style, and um, I feel we're getting a good return there. And, but I think, as you alluded to, I think the one area that you know is letting us down is we're, 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 while we're creating opportunities, we're not taking, um, you know, not making the most of them. So that's something that we've we focused in on, and you know, trying to be harder on ourselves in training. <clears throat> um, but we know that. We're going to need to be accurate to take maximum points at the weekend. The players who are away with the Ireland camps, any chance that any of them might come back, or are they just are they just a write off at this stage? They they just they're gone. Uh, it's a slim chance, maybe one or two, but we're not dependent upon them. We've 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 selected our team, and uh, and it's you know that as as such, we're preparing with that group of players to to go over and win. And that's been helped. The, the rotation policy, I mean, back at the start of the season, Andy Friend spoke about it, that he was going to give players a chance. We, we've heard stuff like that before, and maybe we haven't seen it, but there seems to be real belief among the players and the coaches that this, these players are really getting a proper chance. They're not just there because they're being thrown a game. I think there's real clarity in terms of uh, you know, our attack and defence system. So no matter what player plays, there's clarity of what's expected from them, what their role is and, and, and how they can actually not only integrate but they can perform in the team. So that that's probably the most important aspect of where we are. Um, Andy's created you know, and facilitated a really strong culture of positivity. So when we play, it's it's about you know playing with your foot on the accelerator. It's, it's high tempo. It's, um, it's exciting. 
Um, but it, it, there's also competition, um, and that's probably the third aspect that's been real a positive for us. We've, you know, sometimes our hand has been forced. We've had to select players, but other times, you know, we've given guys chance, and they've 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 risen to the challenge, and we're extremely encouraged by that. And we know that we're building depth across um, a number of positions, so it's uh, it, it's a positive for us, and and we've no fear with whatever team we put out. We know that there's clarity of how we're trying to play, and that we. We know we can produce a performance to win. Dave, congratulations. You've signed a contract extension. That must uh, be a quiet satisfaction in that. Yeah, huge relief. Um, delighted to sign on, obviously, for the next couple of years. Um, I think we've really gone in the right direction again. Um, probably after a tough couple of years, um, I think there's been massive progress. And, yeah, really happy with the way the team's going and the environment here at the moment. So, um, yeah, delighted to be uh, signing on for the next couple of years. The hookers get moved around a fair bit, don't they? So uh, they don't seem to play two weeks in a row. It's pretty competitive. Yeah, look, it is probably one of the most competitive positions in the team. Um, probably all bring something a little bit different. Um, and yeah, it's just it's it's really deep and it's probably a tough call for the coaches a lot of the time. Um, frustrating for us too, obviously. Like everyone wants to be playing every week, but um, I think there's we all have a pretty good relationship with each other. Um, and there's a good understanding of the kind of the depth we have in that position. So, um, yeah, look, they've, they've been very open and honest with how they've dealt with that rotation this year. Um, and obviously, you would want to start every game, but um, I, I can't understand where where the coaches are coming from with it. Um, and yeah, it's just something we've had to, to deal with the three of us and, and move on. That it's no excuse not to not to perform when you do get your opportunity. And um, I suppose for the the upcoming games uh, for the rest of the season. Um, Pretty much every game is going to be like a knockout game for us if we want to get in those playoffs in that top two position, qualify for Europe. So um, there might might be less rotation going forward. We're, we're not really sure. So we'll just have to play, take the chance whenever you get it. Um, yeah, make sure you make a sign when you do. So, what was the feeling around the camp after the qualification for Europe? Two probably below par performances against Sale and uh, Bordeaux, but they got the job done. Yeah, I suppose, it, like, as you said, yeah, not uh, performances we were overly happy with, but, yeah, we got the job done in the end, and it's important to win those games. I suppose maybe last season and the season before, uh, those are kind of games we'd let slip. Um, so to not be firing on all cylinders and still getting results uh, is important. It's not where we want to be, and we weren't uh, overly happy, probably particularly with that sale game at, at stages. was, was quite frustrating, but... Um, we got there in the end and, and we got qualified out of the group and we get the chance to another crack at sale now in a, in a massive quarter final and a competition we're all we're all marking and winning so yeah it's, it's 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 good it's not perfect but it's it's a winning game so it's something anyway yeah a lot of wins in a row and that, that helps build confidence do you just park Europe now it's gone to the end of March it's almost dropped off the horizon it reappears closer to the date uh, yeah to be honest it's it's going to be completely forgotten about until until the week of Um all the folks will be on Pro 14 for the next um, next block of games. Um, obviously, they're all massive, massive challenges. Um, so yeah, look at it. The way the way we go is just we, we go week to week, and um, it's great to win the quarter final. Um, and it'll be a massive week when it comes. But yeah, it has been completely parked until then, pretty much. Yeah. Tricky assignment now. Saturday night, vital game. Uh, it's place Cardiff. Uh, Cardiff struggled. It's a slightly odd artificial pitch, and you're missing some key players who are off on Ireland duty. So this is a real nose to the grindstone job for everybody. It will be absolutely. Yeah, um, Cardiff are always tough to play over there. Um, we've had a lot of close games them over the last couple of years. Um, I think most of them have been one score games. 
going either way um, and obviously we're, we're neck and neck in, the, in our groups as well so um, it's going to be a massive challenge yeah we're missing we're missing guys with, with Ireland but I'm sure they'll be missing a few Welsh players too so um, it'll be a relatively level playing field in that ground and I think this year with the depth we've built in the squad um, a lot of guys who probably wouldn't have got opportunities before have and have a lot of minutes under their belt so while it is um, disappointing to be missing those guys and we're obviously delighted for them that they're involved in Ireland too but um, I think there's a lot of confidence in the guys uh, who will be stepping into their roles um, to deliver as they have done all year round pretty much so um, yeah look it's great for the lads to be there but um, we have a job to do this weekend and and uh, anyone who's playing will, will have to step up and fill in their boots You've alluded there to the, the, the depth of the squad and the, the, the players that, that have come through this is the, really the acid test of this this is the sort of game now where uh, people can really take something from all these wins in a row if it gets tough Yeah I think it is yeah it is a massive game Um and as you said, with the players missing, it will be a huge test. But um, look, we're taking it like we take every game. Um, like we, we've had situations before where guys have been missing, um, and everyone's everyone is filled in and delivered. So um, it's not something we're trying, trying to dwell on too much. The guys that are gone are gone. Um, and we'll just roll with what we have, and we've absolute confidence in, in everyone stepping in there. So yeah. We would like to thank Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. Two happy guys with their future secure for the next couple of years. It was still a great win at the weekend. Dug it out of absolutely nowhere. And I see Murray Kinsler did a lot of analysis of our, our the best score of the game. Tierno Halloran scored the game um, from a from a structure point of view. Um, we're getting attention again in, in this part of the world in the, in the media, William. Yeah, it's the sort of game that gets a bit of attention. I mean, Connacht, Connacht weren't very good at times in that game. I mean... 23 tries in the first half and you're still behind so no wonder Andy Friend said they were sulking a bit so he had a bit of a word in their ear um, I think they've parked it now very quickly they'll have looked at a few things Sailor coming up we're still waiting to hear the dates it might be the end of the week it might be next week um, I'm leaning towards it'll be Saturday March the 30th it's, it seems to be the just the, the way you look at the structure of these games and the way Sail have matches and we have matches but television make their own rules uh, and that's where it is. It's ten weeks away, and there'll be a lot of rugby played then between now and then. Connacht will play a lot of games. Sale will play a lot of games, and a lot of players from both sides will be involved with international teams. So uh, it's something to look forward to, but it's something that's now parked. It is indeed. But before we finally, finally park it, Lindley, what are your your thoughts now? A few days later after that match, I think it's one. It's a huge relief that we've actually qualified for the quarterfinals. Um, I think it is a deserved reward for the the work that is going in. I think what I'm probably most impressed with at this stage of the campaign is, is, and we keep harking back to this all the time, is the number of players that have been used in the squad. I think that is probably the one area that had been lacking in, in all previous seasons with with every coach that they didn't have faith in the entire squad system maybe part of this has got to do with 
I might give credit to Nigel Carolyn here because obviously he's very informed because he was the he was the academy manager, um, but obviously also to do with all of these coaches who are now. And Andy Friend has come in, and he 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 knows that he needs a big squad. And I think that's the most that's the most area that I've been most impressed with. And we saw it again. We saw it again last last weekend at the weekend against Bordeaux that that squad system you know is working, and it can only it can only stand on it because there will be times in the future, and even this weekend when we need it to work. We certainly do. Any more additions to the squad or signings? I, you were mentioning someone there to me. Yeah, and the Adiolokan has signed on as well. He's obviously injured at the minute. They're, they'd be desperate to get him back. Uh, I think he's due back maybe in, in February. Uh, so he'll be probably rehabbing away there in the background. I'm sure he is. Uh, but he's signed on as well. So uh, they're starting to, to get their retention sorted out now. And of course, that goes alongside uh, the signing last week of um, ex-Ulster player Paddy McAllister from Gloucester. So um, squad slowly but surely coming together. Yeah, and... It's a follow-up to what Lindy just said there about there's there's a real feeling this year that it is a squad. It's look talks cheap. Co- coaches have come in in the past and said, "Yeah, I'm going to give everybody a go and everybody starts from zero and all this sort of stuff," and then it just doesn't happen. But Andy Friend has made this happen by picking players and sending them out to do a job and having faith in them. Uh, and not giving them three minutes at the end of a game. He, he's made strategic decisions, and sometimes it hasn't worked, but the, the only way you can really learn about players is when they're playing, and it's a bit hot and heavy out there, and it's, a, it's all happening a bit quick. And I thought Stephen Kearns last week did, did fine, but it was all happening a little bit too quick for him. But that's why it's a higher level of rugby, and there's nothing wrong with that, and he'll have learned from that, and they'll have learned, and they look at certain things, and you've got to feel that their analysis and their attention to detail is absolutely huge. So they, they, they learn from all this stuff. That's why there's a package. And that's why it's great that you've got this coaching team going forward now, that they're all together. So they won't be thinking about next season. But when next season starts, they'll be ready to go again. And they'll have more information on the players they have. They certainly will. Okay, let's round up last week's results um, and where that left everything in both the Challenge Cup and the Champions Cup. Here's William. Well, it was mostly European action last weekend, but we're going to start with the one Guinness Pro 14 match that was played. It was down in the Southern Hemisphere in South Africa and it finished Southern Kings 17, Cheetahs 24. Let's move them up to sixth place in Conference A of the Pro 14. They're on 26 points. They're 10 points ahead of Zebre, who are down at the bottom. Unfortunately, the Southern Kings are now a little bit adrift at the bottom of Conference B. They've played 12 and they have 13 points. They're five points behind the Dragons, who are on sixth in 18. Now, the rest of the teams were in European action, and we'll start with Challenge Cup scores from last Friday night. In Pool 1, Northampton Saints 111, Timishvara Saracens 3. Dragons 7, Clermont Avern 49. In Pool 5, Grenoble 7, Benetton 39, and Ajen 17, Harlequins 33. In the Challenge Cup on Saturday, in Pool 2, Worcester Warriors 36, Stade Francais 31, Pau 26, Ospreys 21. In Pool 3, bordeaux begley 27, Connacht 33, Sale 39, Perpignan 10. 
and in Pool 4, Zebretain, La Rochelle, 22, and Bristol, 107, NSI, STM, Krasnorsk, 19. Now, let's have a look at the final tables in the Challenge Cup. In Pool 1, Clermont Auvergne were 6 out of 6, with 6 bonus points to finish on 30 in Pool 1. They finished on top. Northampton Saints with a record of 6-4, 2 losses on 21 points in 2nd. The Dragons on 10 points and Timishvara Saracens brought up the bottom. In Pool 2, the Worcester Warriors on 22 points, they topped. The Ospreys were 13. Pau was on 13 and Stade Francais on 12. Pool 3, the one that interests us the most. Sale Sharks played 6, won 4, drew none, lost 2, 22 points. But 6 bonus points and that's why Connacht, who... Won five out of their six games and finished on 22 points, finished in second as a runner-up. Bordeaux-Begley were played 6-1-2, drew one and lost three on 12. And poor old Perpignan were played 6-1-1, drew one and lost five. They finished on three points. Pool four had La Rochelle with uh, five wins out of six and one loss, 24 points. Bristol Bears, four wins, two losses, 21 points. Zebre, three wins, three losses on 14. And NSI STM Krasnorsk had no wins, no draws, six losses, but they did pick up a bonus point, so they got one point. They finished at the bottom. Pool 5, Harlequins were four wins and two losses on 21 points. Benetton Treviso were four wins and two losses on 20 points. Grenoble Rugby, two wins, four losses on nine. And Agen, two wins, four losses on also on nine. And that gives us our quarterfinals. Clermont Auvergne, who were the top seed, will play Northampton Saints. Worcester Warriors will play Harlequins. Connacht will travel to Sale. And La Rochelle will entertain Bristol. In the Champions Cup, all three Irish teams have qualified for the quarterfinals. In Pool 2, Munster 9, Exeter Chiefs 7. And in Pool 4, Leicester Tigers 13, Ulster 14. Wasps 19, Leicester 37. And that gives us the following quarterfinals. Racing 92 will play Toulouse. Leinster will play Ulster. Edinburgh will play Munster. And Saracens will play the Glasgow Warriors. The quiz. William, we've had a lot of interest. More entries than I was expecting. What's going to happen now? Well, what's going to happen now is on Saturday night after the match in uh, Cardiff, we're going to organise a draw. We're going to record the draw and it'll be included in the aftermatch podcast next weekend. We'll announce the winners and uh, good luck to everybody. So that's the, that's the quiz sorted out. But before then, on Thursday night, which is tomorrow night because we're recording this on Wednesday, um, the Craggy crew are going to be in... Marty Rabbits with a Six Nations preview, William. Yep, it's the time of the year again, the best uh, competition in world rugby, and uh, as well as that, for anybody who turns up on the night, there's two tickets to the Ireland-England match in Lansdowne Road on the 2nd of February. They are like gold dust. So come in, uh, come up and talk to us. If you have any questions you want to ask, we're going to be talking a little bit about Connacht, we're going to be talking about the men's Six Nations, we're also going to be talking about the women's Six Nations. Uh, we have uh, Mary Healy to talk about the women. We have Matt Healy to talk about the men's. Bring your friends. They all get an entry. First 50 people get a free pint of Guinness. 
and uh, we're looking forward to it. It's uh, it's an opportunity to interact and uh, have a chat. Okay, before we move on to the upcoming matches, um, William's going to give us a quick injury update. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any additional injuries from last week. So, Niadi Alokan still back, returning in February. Sean O'Brien still rehabbing. Craig Ronaldson's on long term. Peter Robb rehabbing. Kieran Marmion is back, we think, in February. I have a suspicion the Connacht away match in Glasgow might where he might be a situation where he might be playing to show his Ireland fitness because that's in a World uh, World Cup Six Nations break. Conor McKeown is back in March, we think. Robin Copeland is the end of this month, and Conor Fitzgerald. We have no further news on that. He did um, not make the uh, matchday squad last week when it was expected that he might have played. And here's the preview of the upcoming fixtures. 14th round of Pro 14 fixtures will take place this coming weekend. That will get us exactly two-thirds of the way through the season for most teams, although the South African sides will still be one game behind. On Friday, the 25th of January, the Glasgow Warriors will entertain the Ospreys, Leinster will entertain the Scarlets, and Ulster will entertain Benetton. All of those matches kicking off at 7.35pm. Four games down for decision on Saturday, the 26th of January. The Cheetahs will play Zebre at 1300. Dragons will take on Munster at 1500. The Southern Kings will take on Edinburgh at 3.15pm. And the final match is Cardiff Blues against Connacht with a 17.15 Kickoff time at the Cardiff Arms Park next Saturday, the 26th of January. The Cheetahs Extra game is on Saturday, the 2nd of February, when at 1400 they entertain the Southern Kings. I think our attention up here that day might be firmly fixed on the Six Nations. Lindley, Cardiff away, not happy hunting ground for, for Connacht. Oh, it's probably been one of the worst venues, I think, um, in terms of Pro 14 matches. Um, I recall probably one of the first, which was Eric Elwood's 6-3 victory over there. And I think the last one was in 2017. Yes, Cardiff's always been a difficult place to go. Uh, awful pitch there, an artificial pitch. So players, you know, have who aren't used to it and Conant hasn't been in the past, it's very tricky even, like, getting sure of footing, uh, kicking balls, and you don't know where they're going to bounce. So that's going to always be a tricky one. And for some reason, there is always, and I think I, I would hesitate to say arrogance, but there is um, a confidence, shall we say, in Cardiff that they can always beat a Connacht team over there. And that has, in the past proved correct. There's always been issues at the very, whether it's been at the last minute we've never got the rub of the green a couple of times with uh, with um, penalty decisions. I think there was a long period one, one on one occasion of about 20 minutes extra time until Cardiff finally scored the try which was, uh, I can remember Pat Lamb not being very amused by that one. So it hasn't been a great um, hunting ground but then again this is an you know, that's the past, and it's time that that was broken. And I'm sure Andy Friend and his coaching staff are going over there, not looking at that, but they're looking at what can they do, what can they do to overcome Cardiff this time, because there is, they are right behind us on, on the Pro 14 table and in the same conference. So I think the matches becomes more critical because of that. 
It certainly does. We're missing six players to to the Ireland squad, and Kieran Marmion would have been in that squad too. So you could almost say we had seven, and they've got seven missing. So equal numbers. None of this excuse about Connacht not being affected by the internationals. No, that one that one can't be brought out. Uh, look, Cardiff have a very very good home record. They've only lost once this season, and that was a game they had won, and they somehow fell asleep and let Leinster in at the end. And it, it is a difficult place to go. Um, it's singularly lacking in atmosphere. There'll probably be a very small crowd there. Uh, the pitch is just bizarre. It's just a bad artificial pitch. It's it's got problems. It's it's difficult for forwards to get their footing. It's difficult for the hookers to hook. It's difficult for even laying the ball back is a problem because it bobbles. So you have to push it back and keep your hand on it. Um, and all teams talk about that, but that's just the way it is. Look, it's the same as coming to the sports ground and there's a gale blowing and the rain's coming horizontal. So it's it, it's a peculiar place. I think they'll go there. The last time they went to Wales was to play the Ospreys. And that was probably singularly the least impressive performance of the season. So they need to get that uh, monkey off their back immediately. They need to go there and put in a really tough performance. I think they're capable of doing it. I don't think they have anything particularly to fear from Cardiff, but they're going to have to up their accuracy from last week and they're going to have to be more consistent right throughout the game. The games against Sale and uh, Bordeaux, they've kind of played in fits and starts. They'll have to play for 80 minutes here. It could be quite dull and quite hard old-style rugby, um, but they just need to sit in and I think I think that I think they can do a job over there. I feel a bonus point would be probably the minimum that they need, but a win would be nice. It's it's you know there's 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 nothing there that says they can't, other than history. Well, history is always there to be changed. Lindy, you're not quite so positive. Um, no, I'm never positive. Well, I'm always start off positive by going to Cardiff, but I come back kind of more depressed than anything else. I look, I suppose you know. We are. I know we do have a squad system, and, and I'm, from, you know, believe in what they're doing is correct. But I would be very concerned with the team that is going over there now. I know, even talking to Nigel Carolyn today, he's very comfortable with this. That everyone knows their roles. They're, they've, they've, you know, been introduced to these matches before, and that he's very comfortable with the squad that will be going over there. But I would be very conscious of, particularly maybe, um, a halfback pairing that really hasn't settled or played together very often and I think that's going to be a very tricky one against a Cardiff back row that's going to be in their faces all the time I think that could prove um, quite tricky for Connett and I and I, I would expect that it's an area that Cardiff will exploit but I think if they can get some protection from their own from the Connett back row you know that might nullify that I'd just be a little bit concerned that going over there with such with so many of the senior players or the frontline players missing that it could create maybe more pressure on this young Connacht side or this more more inexperienced Connacht side that they may not be able to handle possibly at certain times so I think a lot is going to be expected, particularly of the Connacht forwards. Um, we do have, obviously, experience in the likes of Turner O'Holler and Matt Healy, and I think they're going to have to play big leadership roles in that back line. I completely agree. I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. 
Okay, before we, we just mentioned the, the coverage at the weekend, again, I'd just like to, to thank all our listeners who've been helping us out and signing up on Patreon. Um, and please, you know, rate us and review us on your, wherever you're finding your podcast. You can find us on Spotify now as well. We've got ourselves up on Spotify. So if you use that app, you can find us, you can find us in there. And just tell people, if you think we're good enough to, to be listened to, why don't you just, just mention to people and ask them, have they heard of the Craggy Podcast? And if not, why not? And as Connacht supporters, it's the best place to get some great information and views and reviews of matches so game is on Saturday night 5.15 Galway Bay will be there William you're commentating yeah live on Galway Bay FM it's the only uh, live radio coverage of the game so uh, do join us I'm commentating Alan's summarising it's uh, but a win on Saturday night would be fantastic it would just create a little bit of space and a bonus point well you take that and, but they need a good performance. They need to be at it from minute one. And finally, before we go, just a reminder about our, our um, big event tomorrow night, William. Yep, Murty Rabbits, uh, Six Nations preview, talking about the men, the women, and talking about Connacht. Half past eight tomorrow night, Thursday, 24th of January.